0: What's up, y'all, and welcome to Black and Intellectualish, a podcast about race, education, culture,
1: and whatever else comes up.
0: I'm your boy MP,
1: and I'm teaching.
0: This is episode twenty-four. Is that right?
1: Yes, twenty-four. Oh, okay, there so we Jordan. Go. Yeah,
0: we had to join an episode, <laughs> so this is episode twenty-four. <laughs> that kind of shows you what type of week I have had. But <laughs> how are you doing, T?
1: I'm good. Definitely feeling more productive than I was feeling last okay. time so that feels good and today's beautiful so yeah the weather is like perfect 79 mm-hmm. i don't know what that is in celsius i feel like my guesstimate is 23 gotcha. i'm gonna fact check myself but okay. it's beautiful day so i'm feeling good what about you
0: I'm doing good. First of all, side note, no one who is not in Canada is going to know Celsius. Canadians because...
1: listen, okay? No, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> what up to the Canadians? I was saying nobody in the United States is going to know what the Celsius of the temperature is because we are snobs in the United States and we made up a, a unit of measurement for everything. 26 degrees Celsius. 26 degrees Celsius. No, but I'm doing good. It's uh really exciting to be kind of in the summer-ish months so for those who are listening we are in academia and higher education which means that you know around april may you get to graduation season you hit the summer so i know it is not officially summer yet but that is kind of how we feel and -hmm. and how we operate and i am this summer working a different schedule so i work a four ten schedule meaning that i am off every friday and i work 10 hours a day every other day of the week so I've been off today. I've been able to do some business work. I've been able to do some reading and just catching up on some other parts of my life. So that's been really nice and gives me a little bit of space to do some self-care.
1: I like that. I realize in my adulthood, I haven't really had like a 40-hour job being a teacher Mm. and then going into grad school. Because for teachers, not to say we don't work more than 40 hours, but in the classroom, in our day-to-day, we don't actually have that same type of hours. We have a very fixed schedule, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I think it's interesting when I think about that. I'm like, yeah, 10-hour 10, 10 days over four days sounds like something I would be down for rather than...
0: Yeah, I mean, it gets to be a bit tough. I ain't going to lie. When you get, you know, I go in at 7 and I'm done at 5.30... Other people do like 7.30 to 6. Yeah. So, you know, Ooh. when you get to 2, 3 in the afternoon, <laughs> like, you be about to crawl under the desk. I usually need some coffee around 2 o'clock to, to kind of re-up on some energy. But it is nice against just to have that, that three-day weekend built in and you can expect yeah. it every single week and know that you're going to be able to sleep in and almost have like two Saturdays yeah, uh, and not nice. feel guilty about it, like yeah. you've taken off work or something. Yeah. And then honestly like when I did coursework I was working while I was doing coursework and so I had to fit six hours of classes into a 40-hour week schedule which means I was working 10 hour days most days yes. anyway and not getting a Friday off yeah. so this is not too hard
1: yeah, that's true <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this episode
0: I wanted to do something a little different, and I'm glad you agreed because.
1: Did I? No I'm <laughs>
0: <laughs> Everything has been really heavy. I think we started this podcast knowing that we were going to be talking about race and racism, but very quickly had to start talking about racial disparities in COVID-19, and then we had to talk about Breonna Taylor and George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery, and it, it, there we there's definitely been some fun. Yeah. Along the way. But I think a lot of episodes, more than maybe what I would have expected, have just been kind of heavy. And I was like, I would like to do an episode where it's just about happy stuff. Yeah. And there's no there's no focus on some of that pain that comes along with just being Black in America. Mm-hmm. And it was inspired by Marci Martin, who, if you do not know, is a young actress who got her start from Blackish. Yes. She was one of the the young ch- children, one of the twins on Blackish, and she has really just kind of come into her own as a young creative and she owns a production company called mm-hmm. Genius and one of the things that had gone viral a few weeks ago back in March was that she has a rule in her production mm-hmm. company called No Black Pain. Meaning that when you bring her stories, it can be about anything, but it cannot be about Black pain. That does not mean you don't deal with the things that Black people struggle with. It doesn't mean that you have to do any sort of false happiness. Yeah. But it does mean that she probably is not going to be funding a movie like Get Out or Antebellum or Them or or any of... And I love social horror. I love a lot of those genres. But I did think it was fascinating that she was like, we got enough of that. Let's just tell other stories.
1: Yeah, I really think that that is important. And when I think of some of my favorite Black television shows or movies, they definitely don't center pain. And while I think those things are important because that is part of people's lives, particularly Mm -hmm. Black people's lives, I enjoy being able to just laugh and to just have fun and to not have to focus on that. Like, we've said it a couple times. We have to live it. So sometimes it's like, <laughs> I don't want to watch it. Yeah. Like, I, if I have to live it, I don't want to watch it. So I, I really like the idea of probably, like, not... I think probably what she means, too, is, like, not centering pain. Like, right. sure, people go through things. Like, I think of Insecure, which I've mentioned so many times on the show. I don't think Insecure centers pain. No. But does the, do the characters experience pain and go through hardships? Sure. But that show definitely doesn't center pain, whereas... I will destroy you. I may destroy oh, you. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That show <laughs> is intense. If you watch it, please, you need to look at the warnings and everything that people mm. have on it. It's really... that centric okay. pain. Okay. <laughs> like, that show's not for the faint at heart. Mm-hmm. But that show, I feel like, if you watch that, just prepare yourself. But we won't talk about it on this episode. But <laughs> that's just an example of a show that's great, but it definitely centers a painful experience and painful experiences.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think there is... This weird kind of nastiness that comes along with profiting off of black pain. And there's a fine line you walk right between telling a black story and telling black people's story of living in America and expressing our experience in a way that maybe puts in the faces of white folks what racism looks like to us in the way it bears down on us mm-hmm. but there there's a certain type of nastiness that comes along when you start realizing how much money is being made off telling Black pain stories. I particularly get real uncomfortable when there's white creators involved in it. I'm not real (laughs) sure how to say it any other way than that, but when I start reading uh, a book and it's maybe going a little bit too far into experiences of racism and people allotting it and saying, this is the best book or it's the best TV show or it's the best movie, and I'm looking at producers and I'm looking at other people whose names are attached to the program or to the movie and they're white, it does make me uncomfortable because now you are benefiting from a white supremacist system just by nature of existing, but then also now profiting from it by packaging it yeah, and, and it. sharing it back with us and selling it back to us. It's a very strange phenomenon, right? Very. Where it's almost like somebody coming and gathering up the sand to sell it back to the Egyptians, oh, it's gosh. like, what are you like, huh? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what are you doing? Like, we don't, we don't need more of this. We already live it. Okay. So yeah, yeah. But an episode focused on Black joy,
1: yes,
0: seems to be a bit more fitting for episode twenty-four.
1: It's the joy for me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's the joy for me. So what does what does joy look like for you?
1: Hmm, that's a really deep question i feel that people definitely misunderstand joy and Mm. can often equate it with happiness Mm -hmm. and without being too maybe religious and biblical in my explanation i think that one of the things i think about joy i feel like it could be close to contentment Um, But I think also joy can be expressed with jubilee. So it could also be like really joyous and Mm -hmm. grand. But I think it comes from like a more internal contentment, peace. I feel like that's really wrapped up in joy. And that it isn't necessarily based on your external circumstances or Mm whatever is going on with you. So you could have a joyous moment or be joyful amidst something really hard or amidst the year that we have. So I think that... For example, I would describe my disposition as like, I have a sunny disposition or a bubbly disposition, but that doesn't mean that I'm not experiencing pain or hurt or that things aren't challenging in my life. Mm -hmm. But I take the approach of having a general contentment and thinking about joy as not being dependent on my day-to-day because then it fluctuates too much and not to say don't experience depressive moments or anxiety Mm -hmm. but i feel like outside of those times what i strive for is joy Mm -hmm. which is not based on circumstance i don't know if i'm i can think of things that bring me joy but i won't go there yet but i think that for me it's something that's not based on my everyday circumstance but it's more of an internal thing that i'm consciously deciding to either embrace or partake in in that moment. And so I feel like that's some of the things that I'm thinking about. How do you define or think of joy?
0: Similarly, right? and I, But I think when I try to figure out how I'm getting to a place of joy, especially when people say, hey, how can you be joyful in a year like 2020? Or, how yeah. can you be joyful when you see things happening like what's happening in the world? And for me, it's like, well, I, I back away from, like you said, the everyday circumstances, yeah. and I'll try to look at things from a more holistic perspective. So I know not all of the listeners are Christians, and so that's okay. I'm sharing my faith with you, but the way that I experience joy is by understanding that I am not fighting a losing battle, right? So when we talk about justice, I am, based on my faith, I believe that I am making God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's something that Christians pray for. And so I know that in the end, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth where Jesus reigns and I, as someone who tries to live righteously, will be there along with him. So it brings a sense of joy knowing that, hey, this is all, this is not about like pie in the sky. One day in the future, I'm going to be in heaven. But it is about saying, like, this battle that we're fighting is not one of just humans versus humans where one group of humans have a certain perspective and have all the power. And it's going to be like that forever and ever. Amen. Until the sun goes out. Right. If I believed that I wouldn't be able to have joy, it would be interesting to hear from someone else who has different beliefs, how they get to a place of joy Because I think for me, if I thought I was fighting a losing battle or a battle that could potentially be lost, I wouldn't be able to experience joy. And I know that we may not experience freedom in my lifetime, but I have to imagine that Martin Luther King thought that same thing. And you still see pictures of him smiling and laughing and loving his family and experiencing joy while also understanding that there was a very real battle to fight. And so... You see pictures of James Baldwin smiling. You see pictures of these activists who love fighting for racial justice because they know it's what's important, but they also can experience joy in some way. And I think that that's how I get there. Not to say it's the only way to get there.
1: Yeah, that's interesting um, because I am a Christian as well. But I think it's interesting that I don't know on a daily basis. I do not necessarily think of battle but mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying so it's interesting to think about that and yeah love to hear other people come to joy or come to think of joy if it isn't rooted in faith mm-hmm. and that's also okay like yeah. I, I want to say that people sh- do do that I know people that do do that mm-hmm. and I think the main thing is not to dismiss everyday circumstances and I think that's a hard thing that some people miss where mm-hmm. it's not saying I denied people's very real hard times or my own and so I think about losing family members like my great-grandmother for example but having like moments with my cousins at her funeral where i'm like laughing and we're having like the best time and i'm just like wow my great-grandma left such a legacy and like Mm -hmm. you know we can be joyful about her life and about her situation and i feel like i've heard a lot of people come to maybe black funerals and they're like why it's like a party Mm -hmm. and it's like (laughs) it'll be like the the best food the best music and people are just like celebrating life and like i think that's just like a maybe clear example of a moment that is sad and you know you're saying goodbye to a loved one mm-hmm. but that there can be these really joyous moments and like these moments where you're like a joy comes and a peace comes because you're celebrating and thinking about that person's life their legacy and that kind of thing but yeah I, I would love to you know hear people engage with us about joy black joy how they think about that for themselves, define it. Maybe Mm -hmm. we can put up a question and ask people, you know, what does joy mean to them?
0: For sure. And I think the other part of it is that, like, I think because of the oppression that Black folks have faced, you almost cannot tie joy to your everyday circumstances. And so, (laughs) you know, it's like, well, if Black people are experiencing poverty, then I can't attach my joy to material things because I wouldn't ever have any joy. Just my bank account would be zero and my joy account would be zero (laughs) so it's like you know and it's like we're experiencing death at higher rates right we just watched a video recently for a training we were doing where britney cooper was sharing higher death rates based on zip code and it's like well then if i'm thinking that i only have 25 years or i only have 30 years of life before that might be it I can't even tie my joy to this existential idea that I just want to live a long, happy life. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I can't if if I only think I'm going to live to (laughs) twenty one, twenty five, I can't even get my joy from the potential of a long, happy life. So it's almost about like how do you back away from some of those things that can seem finite and take some sort of joy in the infinite. Right. Which is the the love that you feel for and between your family and your friends and some of those things and it might be crazy to somebody who's like well you're looking you're at a funeral where someone's time has come to an end how are you celebrating and it's like but i'm celebrating the infinite love that i still have for that person and that i have for these people that are around me that might have been nurtured by this person who's no longer with us and that is i think Maybe that was too heady, but that is one way of thinking about joy divorced from the specific circumstances and limited resources that Black folks may have in any particular moment.
1: So we want to think about some things that we feel bring us joy or are things that bring us moments of laughter and fun as we engage in life. So just like kind of talking through some of them. So the first one, maybe I'm, I'm not going in order, mp by the way but I'm, I'm thinking about musicians i feel like that's something that we've kind of probably mentioned people over time but okay favorite this might be hard top album okay and if you had to listen to only two artists for the rest of your life
0: oh wow
1: <laughs> who would you listen to or i guess yeah. who makes you like brings you joy maybe because those might not be the same so okay anyway okay. any which one you want to answer
0: top album i actually was just talking about this i'll give you two since we're not doing any type of rules anyway i give you <laughs> two, two top albums and they just make me feel and i don't really know how to explain it any other way than just like i don't often have emotional responses to music but these are two albums that i feel like just make me feel and not bad they just make me feel and and uh and it allows me to really spend some time with my getting to know my emotional self in a different way. And this might sound very strange to some people after I tell you what albums it is. But the first one is Kanye West, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. I personally believe that is one of, if not the greatest album of all time. And I understand that Kanye West is problematic. I don't really care. (laughs) <laughs> that is still one of the greatest albums of all time. It has one of the greatest rap verses on it of all time, which is Nicki Minaj's verse on "Monster." And that album really just brings me a lot of joy. It makes me happy. I love rapping along to songs like to songs like "Monster," or me and my wife just singing off key and at the top of our lungs to "Runaway." Mm-hmm. And that, or, or even at the end, they have "Who Will Survive in America," and they had they do the Gil Scott-Haron poem, and it has like a beat over it, and it's just such a fun thing, and we dance, and we laugh, and we talk, and we pause it, and go, did you hear that? Did you hear this? It is one of the most, like, fun things on a long car ride to just know that I can turn on my beautiful Dark twisted Fantasy and ride out. I would also say that J. Cole's album, Friday Night Lights, okay, yeah. an album that it was the first time I personally had ever heard J Cole and I wasn't really all that big of a fan of rap at the time when that came out, there were only certain rappers I would listen to because I couldn't connect. So there was this new kind of crop of more popular backpack ish rappers like your Drake's, like your kid Cuddies, like your J Cole's and they became my soundtrack and that Friday Night Lights mixtape, what well, is still one of the best things ever. I know most of the words to it. The beats are really cool. That one I have to like open up SoundCloud because it's <laughs> not on Spotify, so it's always this like event for me when I stop everything and go, let me open up SoundCloud, search for that person who had uploaded <laughs> Friday Night Lights, and just put it on in the house. And then you ask like if I could, those are the two people if I could only listen to like two albums, I guess those would be the two albums. If I'm thinking about stuff that just brings me joy to just turn on, and I won't, maybe Aisha won't listen to this. My wife won't listen to this because she will then make me listen to it every day all the time. <laughs> but Broadway musicals, really, really love those. I really and do. I love the Greatest Showman soundtrack and the Hamilton soundtrack. If I could just turn on the Greatest Showman soundtrack and the Hamilton soundtrack.
1: I haven't watched The Greatest Showman, but I do like really Hamilton. Good. It's
0: really good. I will say, let me let me be clear, P.T. Barnum as a person it's garbage (laughs) but that musical about the fake pt (laughs) Barnum,
1: is good it's
0: good (laughs) but that i'm aware that that is not the real history of the circus or of that man but that musical and the music that came out of it is really good and really powerful and it brings me a lot of joy okay what about you
1: i'm sitting here thinking i'm struggling i think i can start with artists first or like genres so i am a big carnival lover Mm. and so i love soca music which originally comes from trinidad it is not jamaican music where my family's from typically jamaicans actually don't like soca but it's very high pace high tempo it is born out of like calypso and i love soca music and there is an artist named masha montano and i love him so he gets me hype Makes me joyful. The problem is, like, when I listen to music, I want to dance. So I can't really always (laughs) listen to him because I'll feel like, oh, my gosh, I have to get up and dance. So I'm mindful of Mm -hmm. how often and when. And it's really sad. Like, I was reflecting on this year and I'm like, I feel like my joy meter has gone down in the last year not 2021 necessarily because there's been no carnivals Mm. and i reflected i'm like i've never not gone to carnival for this long since i can remember so i think that that's been something that i've kind of Realize and this is not the circus carnival, so it isn't
0: No, I know I, I know, oh, okay. but I can
1: clarify. <laughs> this isn't the greatest showman carnival yeah. just for the listeners. It's yeah. like Caribbean Carnival. So I wanna clarify. I realize I'm like, I don't know if people are gonna associate what you just said and what I'm explaining. It's not that carnival. No, not the it's same not circus kind of carnival.
0: And also if you are um, if you are a married man, then Google carnival with your wife. That's all I'm gonna oh, say. Okay, ever. okay. Just Google it with her so that way she don't see your Your search history. If
1: you're Caribbean, you already know. Yeah,
0: I'm imagining that a lot of people who are not Caribbean don't understand the culture because I know when I first heard about Carnival, this is before I met you, I was very like, "Oh, that's what it is." And then learning more about it, I was like, "That's not what it is." The aesthetics of it when you Google it and what it really is are come off very differently.
1: We might bring someone on the show one day to talk about it. Yeah. So soca music, Marshall Montano. Then like my other hat which is very Thornhill, Ontario, for the Canadians, if you are listening, it is, like, I love the Backstreet Boys, and mm. Judge Me, yes. I am. That's but- fine. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone to five concerts. Wow, that's a lot. Anything, like, from, you know, the 90s to, like, the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. I was really deep in BSB. And so, <laughs> <laughs> that is, like, I honestly, I might listen to them in the car after this, because I might need a little... Um, In terms of albums, two that come to mind one is Mad Nostalgia, kind of showing my age, is TLC's Crazy Sexy Cool. Mm -hmm. Me and my cousins used to vibe really hard off of that album. I believe it's TLC's maybe first, no, definitely not their first album. Mm -mm. Yeah, okay. No, because they have Ain't Too Proud to Beg (laughs) and all that stuff. Crazy Sexy Cool, I believe, is Waterfalls, but if I'm wrong, but that's a good album. Definitely one like one of the first cds i ever had in gotcha. life and the other one you, I, I realize you picked hip-hop artists and i guess i'm picking r&b albums the second one is tamia's self-titled album canadian girl mm-hmm. but i love that album tamia can sing imaginations on the album so into you mm-hmm. i can listen to that from beginning to end definitely kind of like you singing kanye rapping kanye i'll be like belting tamia <laughs> in my head you know i sound yeah. just like her but <laughs> That's, I'm on a podcast, not touring, so (laughs) (laughs) the reality is that I don't, but yeah, I think those are like the things that come to mind, but I'm a big R&B head and a lot of like 90s Mm R&B this weekend versus SWV and Escape. So, yeah, that kind of vibe brings me joy listening to some Mm. old school, even though it'll be about heartbreak and love. Yeah,
0: I was about to say, I think I'm an R&B head, but it's more when I want to get in my, like, feelings. Yeah. Because, and I also was not a big 90s R&B person. Okay. I was more, I like to listen to, like, Biggie when I was growing up, which is crazy because of my age and I should not have been listening to anything Biggie was saying at that <laughs> I mean, time.
1: I'm sure the R and B songs they shouldn't have been listening no, to No no no. <laughs> no no. No. But
0: but the but yeah, like listening to Biggie's violent raps really just made me feel Violent? No, no. No, it was almost like I felt more free. Because you couldn't be that violent. Like yeah. there's no way a black man can say any of those things in a way that's accepted. But when you listen to it, you're like, this is the rage that I feel kind of personified in some ways. And you feel a little bit like a weight has been lifted off of you. It's almost like therapy. Anyway, <laughs> not at all like therapy, but almost <laughs> also almost <laughs> like therapy. If you said it to your therapist, you're gonna end up <laughs> in jail somewhere. Um but yeah, that's really cool to hear about the differences in our musical taste, though.
1: Mm-hmm. We have similarities, but yeah, just yeah, yeah. It was like faves. Those would be them. Yeah. I feel like we've talked a little bit about, not a little bit, a lot of it, uh, about TV shows. We will to make this one more challenging. One TV show that brings you joy could be from any time period.
0: Mm, that's tough. I feel like I watch more TV than I should. Whenever somebody asks you what you like to watch on TV, I feel like it well, for me at least it causes me a lot of anxiety. So I'm going to make <laughs> I'm going to make you answer this first and then I'll come back.
1: Okay. Oh, this is very random, but I don't think I've talked about it on the podcast, so I'm going to say I really love The Great British Bake Off. Okay. Like absolutely adore that show. <laughs> My friends will know I'm a British TV lover. Okay. I don't know why, but I just love British TV. I feel like it's kind of like Canadian television but higher production value. Gotcha. So I feel like Canadian shows like there's Canadian Bake Off, it's okay. I but... feel
0: like you are getting in a lot of trouble this episode. First you were saying you're Jamaican but you like soca music. Now <laughs> you saying fine. you're Canadian but you like British TV better.
1: <laughs> I'm a, I'm a circle in a square box. I don't know, so I, I'm it's okay. That's okay. But yeah, Great British Bake Off. If you have not watched it, it's on Netflix. I don't mm. know how many seasons is available right now, but it's so random. Mm-hmm. People cooking in a tent, literally outside. Yeah, I've
0: seen clips.
1: And yeah, and if and they'll cook like these things that are cook, bake these things that are super complex. Like I'm never gonna make it. I'm mm-hmm. barely a baker. Like I've baked few things i'm proud of myself because that's improvement from prior times but i literally can watch that show at any point and i'm like happy like i just mm-hmm. love like they're in the tent i literally there was this black boy who was on the show i don't remember what season it was he got voted off i literally was crying like oh, no <laughs> my friends and so i love great british bake off it makes me so happy There was a 2020 season. I was so happy they Mm. had them like quarantine. I'm like, thank God. And so I'm happy that it's still in production. Very random. They'll cook like breads. They'll have like French week. They'll cook croissants. (laughs) And like I learned about like proving dough and literally I don't never going to do that. But I just enjoy it. And I like shows. I guess the ingredient of what brings me joy in this type of show, the ingredients. One thing is British. It's like that's necessary. The next thing, it's not, like, entrenched in drama. Like, I mm-hmm. really, especially when I think about joy or something that I just want to just watch and, like, laugh. I don't pick up shows that are just about people arguing and having fights. Mm-hmm. That's not my typical type of show. And so I like that. And then I also like that I I don't have to watch, like, all the episodes together. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like I can pick up pieces and I literally stop watching and I don't think about it in mm-hmm. any extent of, like, it's not something I have to analyze or... yeah. So I love Great British Bake Off. I've watched like Australian bake off, Canadian bake off, American bake off. <laughs> and I still think Great British Bake Off is the best.
0: That is that is a <laughs> thorough investigation <laughs> of what you like. No, I mean that's that's dope. I will I will say I know Aisha watches great British bake off and she really enjoys it. Yeah. I can't get into it. I love it. But it's yeah. I think it's because it doesn't move fast enough for me. Oh,
1: it is kinda slow. Yeah, yeah. it
0: feels yeah. very slow. Yeah. And there might be some internalized racism that comes along with liking British stuff, but we won't get into that
1: possibly today. <laughs> uh, Jamaica was colonized we re- by them. revisit I mean, that when
0: we're not in the joy episode.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's it's very possible. And lucky Backstreet Boys. I mean, they're both like yeah. I can't lie. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, but but I, but I would say you know I was trying to figure out something really complex and deep because I'm a Scorpio, and so. For whatever don't reason, I was I wanted to say something that was going to make people Google it and be like, what is this that he's really into <laughs> that brings him joy? I don't have nothing fancy, man. I really love Family Matters. And I will turn yeah. that on right now and watch it until I pass out of sleep. I love that show. And the reason I love it, I to be clear to the listeners, y'all can laugh at me if you want. I really want it to be Steve Urkel. When I was a kid, not Stefan? Not Stefan. I wanted to be Steve. I had red glasses at one point. I did not have the little thing that kept it around your head, the little oh, string. Yeah. I didn't have that. I thought you
1: meant suspenders. But
0: I did have suspenders, okay. and I I went through like an overall and suspender phase. I had a had red glasses, and I needed glasses by the way. I didn't just wear glasses, but so I looked a little nerdy. But it was I went overboard. I didn't ever hike my pants up. I knew better than that. There was, I still had some swag. But it was, I really loved a Black boy being very intelligent. And I had always been somebody who had been told, you are very intelligent. You are very smart. And so I really resonated with this guy who at any given moment could have an idea and just create it. Like, to me, that was so fascinating. And Mm -hmm. so he could be Stefan, but i didn't like Stefan because Stefan could only exist because steve let him yeah. and so there was this element of freedom that came along with being so intelligent that you could just make your own reality and i it was and i know that i'm saying all this stuff and it's like were you really oh, thinking yeah. that as a kid yes i was that nerdy as a kid that i thought like that but th- that w- that's my show and it, it there are moments of like drama but I think the other thing is that the good guys always win in the end. There is a very problematic episode that is my favorite episode. <laughs> One of my favorite episodes. I understand that it's problematic, so just go with me. But the kids, so there's um, 3J and Lil' Richie. And not Lil' Richard, but Lil' Richie. Oh, yeah. And I think this girl they were hanging out with. And they were playing on the playground. And they actually ended up getting picked on by a group of older kids. And... Steve and all the little kids go and get in the transformation chamber and they turn into Bruce Lee <laughs> so that they can beat up the bullies. I
1: have to revisit this episode. There's
0: also an episode, the Bruce Lee episodes are probably my favorite, actually. And there's another episode where Steve gets in the transformation chamber and turns into Bruce Lee so that he can beat up some people who I think were trying to harass Laura. And so again, like this idea that like yes, I could be Stefan and I could be smooth and cool, but I also could get martial arts expertise and like be able to take care of that and you all the good guy always won in the end no matter what was going on it's problematic that this black man was dressed up like bruce lee he didn't and do was, like he, he didn't he, do asian face yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he definitely did an asian accent i am not gonna oh, apologize for wow. jaleel white doing an asian accent i didn't do it but i also think that it's one of the best tv moments ever did he have to do it for us to know he was bruce lee no. Is it kind of racist? Yes. But it's not hurting anybody, at least in 2021. And it's real, but the show itself, the whole thing, not just those episodes, is really, really um good. They bring me a lot of joy. They make me laugh. They annoy some people because of the nerdiness and Steve oh, tripping over stuff and being like,
1: did I do that? I love it all. I was just keeping thinking like it's a rare condition on this day and age. <laughs> yes. Like if you don't know the theme song, just look it up for the yeah. theme song because it's a it's a good one. Yeah. And maybe like a final category. Yeah. Do you want to pick and between hobbies or books?
0: I don't think that that's gonna too much matter for me. Because your I think that, reading yeah, my hobby is reading <laughs> so it's the same thing, but let's go with hobbies. okay so what is your hobby that brings you joy?
1: um, I have thought about this so perhaps I'll bring it full circle and bring back the soca music. Mm-hmm. I definitely feel like working out does bring me joy. I need to do it to stay active and healthy and all that stuff but i love working out but i love um this type of workout called soca size Mm. which is to Soka music it's like very much involving dancing and Mm. i was thinking about it the other day that literally every single one of my girlfriends in canada for the most part i've invited them and brought them to soca size (laughs) and even my mom and i feel like it's kind of like a rite of passage to be my friend Mm. and i bring them to a class Mm. and At one point, I became an instructor.
0: Somebody is listening to this and they're like, I have not been invited. And they are pissed.
1: (laughs) I mean, (laughs) you've heard about it. But but yeah, I think that that is something that I really enjoy. And I like remember at the time that I was introduced to Soka Size, like, I had gone to the gym and I was like, cool, you know, I enjoy working out. But I didn't really find something that, like, I left and I felt so excited. Mm-hmm. And at one point, Size started to introduce like a two hour boot camp.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I would be, I remember I was in teacher's college and I literally would leave teacher's college, take the subway, get to Size boot camp an hour early just mm-hmm. so I could like save my spot mm. because I had to go. And it was like, I believe at like... 6 30 or 6 at night and i had school all day and i came there and i waited and i ate my food and i just remember i was like i have to go mm-hmm. and so i remember it bringing me so much joy i've made great friendships built a lot of like relationships that's- it's like a workout where you just listen to the music and you kind of forget about it that's one of the reasons why i love carnival but i think that for soca size it doesn't make you think about okay well i'm doing like these Jumping jacks in it and all the stuff. You're just dancing and you're having a good time and you're like, oh, I burned 700 calories. Mm -hmm. And so I really just love that idea that it makes you active and you're dancing. And so the hobby that I really enjoy (laughs) is Soka Size and I will continue to do it. I'm looking forward when I move this summer to -hmm. look for that type of, even another type of thing that's like involving music and fitness. And it's just, like, a fun vibe. I don't like Zumba, surprisingly enough. Mm, okay. I feel like Zumba, at least... I mean, I've had good Zumba experiences, but by and large, I don't like the routine. Like, it's very choreographed. hmm And Soka Size isn't like that. Like, Zumba, I feel like if you play the song once, the next time you come back to the class, it's the same routine to the same song. I, I don't really like that, but... Gotcha. Yeah, Soka Size, if you haven't heard about it, check it out. They have virtual classes, but it's really, really fun, and that's when I'm my hobbies that I enjoy
0: yeah that's dope there's a gym that I won't name because then people would know exactly where we are but there's a gym in our town I wonder if they have soccer size classes and um, if they don't I wonder if they maybe should get somebody to do that yeah I've tried and, to bring and, here. and pay them though yeah
1: I've tried to bring it here sadly I was gonna have a class here but it literally was like the March that COVID mm-hmm. had everything locked down.
0: Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember yeah,
1: that. so I am mm-hmm. try- I was trying to bring it here and like some major gyms do have it like LA Fitness, like the brand in Canada yeah. has classes. So some places have it, but it's kind of a process to get into some of the larger gyms. But yeah. some places do have it or they have like uh, something similar like Soka Fit or something mm-hmm. with Soka in it. Gotcha, cool, cool.
0: Well, I kind of did a little bit of a spoiler, but my hobby that brings me joy really is reading in books. I have always Steve loved <laughs> I have always <laughs> loved books and reading I have more books in my house now than I have bookshelves or space for books. Yeah,
1: grad school does that to you though.
0: Grad school does do that to you, but some of these are not for grad school and many of yeah. them are just books that I bought because I liked the artwork on the cover. I'm really big into aesthetics and design, but also because I like The content of them. I won't go into too much detail about all of that part, but what I will say is that I usually am always reading at least two books. I'm reading one audiobook, and then I read one physical book. The audiobooks I read when I'm running or doing exercise, I'll read it while I'm driving. I'll read it when I'm in the shower. I'll read it anytime I'm doing something passive, washing the dishes, whatever, and I usually read it on like 1.5 to two times the speed. On Um, which app?
1: Just so people can know. What, what would a you recommend?
0: couple of different apps So I used to have Audible This is not an Audible commercial They're I kind mean, of Audible, expensive
1: if you, if you wanted to
0: If they would like to sponsor, to sponsor us, us I will edit this part out Y'all are expensive <laughs> So I also yeah. use Libby So yes. you can go to your local library listeners And get a library card And then you can go to an app called Libby And get a virtual library true, card True, true, true And you can read ebooks and audiobooks through there. There's also another app called Scribd. S-C-R-I-B-D. And Scribd, or maybe it's pronounced Scribed. I don't really know, but I think I heard Scribd at one point. But they are $10 a month for unlimited. So it's almost like the Netflix of books, right? So it's like...
1: yeah, before?
0: they're $10 a month, and you can read not only books, but they also have magazines. I mean,
1: Scribby, if you want to if you <laughs>
0: want the sponsors. <laughs>
1: that was a natural reaction.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they have like magazines. So I read The Atlantic, I read some other magazines through there as well. And they have audiobooks and ebooks. And they also have some like PDFs and different things like that on different topics. So that one is a really cool app. So I use all of those kind of interchangeably. There's also times where I use the Apple Books app to buy an audiobook really just depends. But I love fantasy and sci-fi. So many of you who have been listening for a while, you remember that when we first started, I would sometimes give a little bit of a breakdown on a recent sci-fi or fantasy book that I have been reading. And I love that genre. I love escaping to new worlds. I will read academic work and, and I do enjoy reading academic work. But when I can escape to a world and hear about superpowers or technologies that don't exist, and imagine myself in that world, that's how I escape. It brings me a lot of joy. It's a lot of fun. Me and my wife joke a lot of times that if if it probably could happen in real life, then we don't want to read about it. That's mm-hmm. kind of how we pick our books. Is like, how ridiculous is it? How, how much of it is high fantasy or super science fiction? But those bring me moments of joy for sure. And I would encourage the listeners, if you like to read or you used to like to read, but you haven't found your genre. I was just having this conversation with somebody the other day. Find your genre. Don't try to read like an adult. Reading like an adult sucks. So if you don't like history books and all the lame stuff people try to make you read, personal development books and career development books, throw all that in the garbage and read things that are interesting to you, whether it be young adult novels, romance novels, sci-fi, fantasy, whatever it is, but stop trying to read like somebody else and read what you like.
1: Yeah, the ones my grandma used to read with those weird men on the cover with the, <laughs> with the women. <laughs> I mean, grandma!
0: I had a joke, but t- I won't make I'm that telling that
1: you, <laughs> I mean, you're probably right.
0: No, my mom used to read Danielle Steele. That oh, yeah, was yeah, her yeah. thing. And then oh, yeah. she, then when my daddy became a pastor, and they had to be saved she put out us in a box and she was reading karen kingsbury
1: okay confession at that one time i mean nobody tell you know what i'll say it and then we'll, <laughs> i'll decide if this should be included but confession is when i was teaching i was reading um 50 shades of gray <laughs> and so i just put a a different book jacket on the cover <laughs> But I wouldn't read it during class, but during lunch, yeah. I was reading it, and, and it was so funny. So this one teacher caught me reading. He's such a weird guy. Anyways, he caught me reading one time in this teacher's lounge, and I was covering, like, because when you're teaching full-time as a teacher, you'll sometimes still uh, substitute for another teacher, like, mm-hmm. with their, for one of their blocks or half of their period. Anyways, I was in this other teacher's class. This is high school, mind you, so it's just want to clarify. And um, I don't know if that makes it better, but I like thought it was <laughs> helpful. <laughs> and so I was in an art class. I wasn't reading the book. Mm-hmm. And this teacher comes in, just like he'd bother me. And he would just come in, he was like watching students in their painting. And he's like, oh, how are you guys enjoying your teacher today? I feel like she's cool. He's like, has she been teaching you guys about the color gray? And I'm like, bro get out of this class <laughs> <laughs> I'm like get out of the classroom and he was like did she tell you how many shades there are I'm like listen get out of my classroom That's the Most, <laughs> so, the most yeah so that was a funny memory of like reading a book that I was like okay yeah. hey, this is probably not the best place but I want to read a book at my job okay
0: well you know there's times <laughs> when there's definitely times when you read audio books where <laughs> you get to a part so most adult books are like sci-fi fantasy if they deal with Love or yeah, they'll couple. have like a. time. They have this some... one sex scene that's yeah. super awkward if you're in public and you have headphones in, and I'm never <laughs> sure exactly how much anybody can hear. And so, so he
1: was touching her. <laughs> right. Bye.
0: It was like, and then I did, and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> It's like all right, but other people hear this. It's like pause it real quick, (laughs) turn on some some Drake and keep it moving, turn on amigos, anything but you hearing what I'm reading. So But
1: the sad thing is like that's a normal, natural part of life and like we can't I feel like we're conditioned to be, like, awkward. I think it's weird to, like, yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. in public. But, like, we are not the same with, like, violence. So, I think it's yeah, interesting yeah, how, like, because sure. I feel like I'd feel the same way, but just kind of on this topic of, like, joy and, like, that's, p- people usually are joyful, you know? So yeah, that's <laughs> so, kinda, that's how that works. so, <laughs> so yeah. I think, you know, in, a, in the right conditions. Ver-
0: yeah, yeah, and yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, because I do think, like, I could be on an elevator with two people and they could be talking about the latest... Violence in the latest John John Wick movie. Yeah, yeah. And they wouldn't try to edit themselves. They would just be like, and then he shot him in the face, you know. But like me, I'm listening to an audio (laughs) book, and I'm like, how low can I turn this? Before yeah. I can't hear it anymore.
1: Because if people are in the elevator are like, "Oh, you know what this in uh, Fifty Shades of Grey? What that girl asked the man to do?" You yeah. would be like, "What?"
0: <laughs> yeah, that would be wild.
1: <laughs> and so I think that that's like important to yeah. like also just realize how we've been conditioned to like be able to talk about certain things.
0: Yeah, like, I don't think I've had more fun with an episode not talking about anything specific, but talking about something very important. Yeah, this is episode twenty four. It's about joy. It's about sometimes we just need to take ourselves away from the pain of what it means to be black and figure out what brings us joy and happiness uh, in this life. So I encourage y'all, man, if you've heard anything we've talked about today and you're like, man, it's been a while since I thought about what brings me joy, what my hobbies are, what my favorite books are, or whatever, I, I encourage you to go do some exploration and figure it out.
1: And being black is lit, by the way. For ha- sure. You know, obviously there's challenges, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's challenges, things
0: but
1: yeah it's so lit yeah so i agree just a quick close out what is one thing that you would like to think about or maybe one way that you'd want to invite more joy into your life mm. or you do or
0: i think figuring out how to shut down the incoming messages and i don't mean my like text messages mm. i just mean like the news, right? Like you, you can have your moments of joy and then all of a sudden your phone pings and says, Kamala Harris says that yeah. America is not a racist country. And you're like, all right, whatever. And then your phone pings again. Some little girl just shot up for school. Okay, turn it off. And then it's like thing after thing after thing. And you scroll and you scroll. And honestly, a lot of that time, that just sucks away your joy. So I try to turn some of that off. Or I know where to go to get my joy. For example, usually embracing black culture on Instagram. is oh, hilarious. It's hilarious and brings me at least some moments of joy. So sometimes I'll open up Instagram and go directly to those places instead of allowing just anything to get into my space.
1: I think that's good. I I've, I was introduced to this book that was called like Breaking Up With Your Cell Phone. Mm. And I feel like kind of related along those lines. I feel more joy when I'm not so plugged into social media and mm-hmm. what's going on in my phone. And I know some of my friends will be like, you're a bad texture," And it's not that I'm trying to be, but I don't love being so tapped into, like, the virtual world that mm-hmm. I'm not enjoying the present, everyday, like, actual world. And so one of the things that I started to do was not using my phone as an alarm clock. Mm. I haven't moved to the point where I don't charge it in my bedroom. And it's something that I would like to try to do. But she has some several tips. And it's not just, like, trying to cut yourself off. I really like her theory is, like, You want to do it for an end goal or Mm -hmm. or for a reason. And one of the reasons would be to invite more joy in my life Mm -hmm. where I'm not waking up in the first time looking at my phone or messages or like an Mm -hmm. app. And this alarm clock that I bought from Amazon, I love it. It like lights up Mm -hmm. and like gradually is kind of like sunlight. I have it on bird chirping sounds. And so it's like a nice, like warm way to wake up and to go to bed. I said, on like a sleep timer. And so for 30 minutes it glows and then it slowly gets darker. Mm -hmm. And so I read during that time. And then when it gets like too dark where I can't read anymore, I like turn it off. That's dope. And so that way, like I'm giving myself some time before I go to bed where I'm not looking at my phone and then some time where I'm not waking up to my phone. Yeah. And so I feel like that's a way that I'm welcoming joy in my life where my phone isn't my first thing that I go to. And so I feel like that's one thing that I'm trying to cultivate better in my life is not having my cell phone be like, The thing that I go to all the time.
0: There's a book, actually, that I will suggest for the readers, along with the one you mentioned, but it's called The Ruthless Elimination of Her. Oh,
1: my friend's reading um, that. She likes
0: it's, it. It's a really good book. So, it was written by a white guy, I feel like, on Black and Intellectualist, I should tell you that. But Oh, so was the one I read, by a white woman. But it is really, really good, and it does talk a lot about phones and our relationships with our phones and with social media and with this sense of immediacy and hurry that we have around our lives, and so... Slowing down a little bit is always a good way to introduce some more joy uh, and just peace in general into your life.
1: Yes.
0: So we are really appreciative of you all for hanging out with us, for listening. This is a passion project for us, but this episode was important to us because, like I mentioned, sometimes things just get heavy. And every once in a while, you just need to take off that hat of, hey, let's critique society and just say, what is making us happy? What makes <laughs> us smile? And I hope that you all find some time to do the same. We really appreciate you listening. We hope you'll follow us on Instagram at Black Intellectualish and on Twitter at Black Intel We'll be back for episode 25. Peace. Later.